Welcome back. You're watching Stockwatch with me, Zinati Guma. And joining me to unpack your stock-related questions this evening are Alex Days from Umtombo Wealth and Sanelisi Dofile from All Weather Capital. Be sure to send those questions via SMS to 41392, email at stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag stockwatch. Thank you so much for your time, gents. Let's actually start with a very dramatic um, statement uh so this was actually uh sent yesterday um i wasn't able to get uh, through it um so it was saying david and wayne i think you guys are having us on so david and wayne were on yesterday uh, and then it goes on to say after 40 years on the jsc i sold all my shares today i think the stock exchange is kaput and going to crash um sanalisiwe what would you say about that statement Ah, well, um, I'm hoping the viewer has an alternative place to invest the money. I mean, he's taking a view that he doesn't like South African listed shares, and that's fair enough. But uh, look, I don't think the JSC is going to crash anytime soon necessarily. I mean, you've seen a lot of uh, delistings coming through on the market, which is making it, um, uh, you know, making the opportunity set a bit less and less as time goes on. But I think as you, you see, kind of the valuations uh, remain depressed. Uh, in the, on the JSC, I prefer to take the view that there are opportunities to be had. Uh, you know, a number of shares are trading at, at low valuations, and you know, all you have to do is kind of do a bit of work on a few of them, pick some some that you like, and I think that's a good opportunity. Uh, you know, my personal view is that it's a good chance to find you know some gems in in the in the rubble or in the noise here. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that JSC is going bust anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Alex, uh, what would you say? I mean, if a person just decides, you know what, let me just let go of uh, all my JC listed shares and go somewhere else, um, would that be a mistake or a, a good decision? I'm going to talk more, I guess, in, in general. Yes. So obviously, if you still live in South Africa, you want to have some assets in rents because you've got liabilities in rents, right? So... It's not necessarily ideal to have 100% offshore. So as a result, I would think there's still opportunities to invest in South Africa. It might not be the market, it could be other type of opportunities, but certainly there is, there is ways to invest in SA. I think if you do going to have a big sell-off in SA, it'll be due to some global meltdown, mm. like we saw in the financial crisis or COVID. And, you know, there are some concerns that, you know, the U.S. market, you know, could overheat with, with the interest rates and the housing market. So, so that does transpire. It can lead to a sell-off in a market. But... I think for SAA Pacific, we're not that particularly expensive. I think there's a lot of opportunities, specifically in, in the middle small cap space. And I think also another thing for retail investors, you have to be careful or cognizant of your tax consequences. Mm. right? If you invested for 40 years and you sell all your assets, I'd imagine there was quite a big tax liability tied to that. Now, to only want to rebuy again, and you know, so be careful on that type of stuff. Um, of course, if you invested in institutional investors, you, know, you can drop and change a little bit more easier without tax consequences. Ah, all right. So I, I see that none of you are foreseeing a crash on the JSC uh, anytime soon. Um, there's a very interesting question here uh, on a viewer that um, is construct uh, constructing a, a retirement annuity share portfolio. Um, and so it's a 49-year-old man. Um, they plan to retire when they're 60 years, so their time horizon is 10 years. So uh, the viewer says that I've put in a quality, stable, consistent dividend portfolio of around seven shares uh, equally weighed. And these seven shares are BHP, 
British American Tobacco, Mondi, Anheuser-Busch, Clicks, Remgrow, Nedbank. The question is, what is your panel's uh, thought about the above shares? Currently, I do not need income from them, and I'm just reinvesting uh, dividends back into each share. So these are equally weighed. And I guess if you have a time horizon of 10 years, then you would. the question maybe would be which ones you maybe try and go uh, overweight on and which ones maybe you kind of try and cut back on. Um, San Liceo, which uh, which of those shares... Stand out for you. I mean, I think from this from this viewer's question, it's very difficult to say that uh, you know on a ten year horizon you want to uh, stay go overweight or or underweight any particular one of these shares. I think just on, on a general comment about equities. Obviously, equities are a long term instrument. You know, they help you beat inflation over a meaningful period of time. And it's encouraging that this viewer is saying that he doesn't need any income, so there's no need for him to to actually target any. <clears throat> Uh, dividend paying shares if that's something that you wanted to do or it doesn't need to kind of invest it in any kind of bonds or, or money market instruments in order to, to make an income. So you can keep it in equities and I think generally with equities, um, you know, like I said, you know, they help you beat inflation over a period of time and help you protect his income. But to your question around the particular shares, I mean, I think, you know, say for example, I picked out that you, you talk about NetBank. I mean, mm-hmm. I think the banks are, are showing a decent valuation um, at the moment. So that's a share. I, I mean, I think I like for a long time. I think banks generally tend to be uh, uh, sort of uh, safe instruments or safe equities relative to other uh, uh, equities, and they tend to have good dividend yields as well. So that's something if and when he does need income to to pick. Um, I can't quite remember the whole yeah. list you've got there, but uh, BHP, BAT, Mondi, AB and Bev, Clicks, Remgro, and then Nitbank. Yeah, I think you've got a lot of consumer staple stuff there as well, which will, uh, which are, are, are tend to be stable names. So I think it's a, it's, a, it's a decent portfolio. And again, equities in general, if you want, you've got a long term horizon. It's a good thing to to keep your money in there to to kind of help you protect your the value of your portfolio. Ah, all right. Yeah, I mean, I I do get your point that um, you know, it's nice that the viewer also isn't looking for um immediate payouts. Alex, on your side, I mean, which one of those would stand out for you on the positive side and also maybe some on, on the cautious side? I think the first thing that stands out to me there is um, only seven shares. So that's very little diversification. Mm-hmm. Um, so, now, so we don't know, obviously, the context of, of his assets, if he's got other assets and so forth. But if that's his only asset, uh, I would suggest that perhaps some modification is required there, perhaps some local offshore ETFs combined with some of those shares just to reduce some of your risk yeah, there. Um, but under underlying stocks, I think none of those stocks I can really say anything you know, negative about. Um, mm. You know, I also agree. I mean, NetBank looks very attractive. I like Rengrow as well at these levels. I think it's very, very, very cheap. Um, you know, think about uh, Amondi is perhaps, and Bats, perhaps a bit more ex-growth type businesses. I know the Bush. Yeah. Growth potential there. Clicks, valuation, not necessarily cheap. So, but it's a good business, right? So, but yeah, but I, I, I think in general, that's his only portfolio. He needs to consider the education. If, if his portfolio is well diversified, his seven stocks, I mean, you can do a lot, of, a lot worse than those seven, to be honest. Um, I actually do want to go into BAT. There is a question here as you're talking about uh, BAT being ex-growth. Um, is, is it a long-term buy at the current levels, taking into account the proposed UK action on tobacco products? 
I think, let me, let me stick with you, Alex, on what you think about BAT. And then I'll come to you, San Lucio. Yeah, um, I would say I'm more constructive on BAT or tobacco in general on short and perhaps medium term. Yeah. Um, but long term, I do have, you know, reservations about it. Um, I think regulatory risk will continue to be an issue. Um, you know, we're really seeing that, you know, this, the new um, generation of tobacco products, you will see more regulation there. And I mean, it's all about putting in, preventing kids from really getting into smoking. Right? So in the UK, of course, we saw the reservations coming out there now. Um, and, the, and, and for bats as well, the United States is a, is a big component of that market. I mean, so of course, mental has been banned there and has been very hard on some of the vapors as well. Mm. I think more of that can be expected over time. So that's why for me, longer term, you know, I'm not convinced. I mean, there's big execution on the new generation products. Uh, but certainly from a short, perhaps medium term perspective, relations quite attractive. They are going to start buying back shares. Dividends are going to be there. They're going to grow. I like it. But mm. uh, pretty much sums it up. Uh-huh. On your side, uh, San Lisa, because I mean, it is quite interesting, the concerns that, you know, are coming in terms of smoking and also the new generation um, tobacco products like vapes. As much as there is a lot of concern, you see a lot of people um, smoking vapes. So what, what are your thoughts on, BA, on BAT, particularly as a long-term buy? I mean, I think, again, I, I don't know what... Uh what, what long-term is. I mean, you know, how long is a piece of string, right? But mm. I think, I don't know, 50 years from now, there might be a, a completely different view to smoking in society in general. Um, and I think in, in keeping with the regulatory risk, I think there's just a general move from people's own kind of health perspective. And, you know, jumping onto the vape uh, trend for health reasons might uh, obviously bring its own health consequences. I mean, they might be different to lung cancer and lung disease and all those things might be other problems. So I think the the, the outlook on a, on a kind of meaningfully long-term horizon for tobacco, I agree, is, is probably not as clear. Mm. I mean, I think the thing to do about it now, I guess, uh, uh, excuse the pun, is to smoke the, the cigarette, but while you still can, you know, take the, uh, the, the dividends and kind of the short-term gains from it, because it is a, a high uh, cash flow generated business, so they can pay those dividends. Um, but for the longer term, you, you might find joy elsewhere. Mm. Uh, can you find joy in uh, Anheuser-Busch? There is a question here that says uh, technical analysis on Anheuser-Busch. But I don't, I don't know <laughs> if you guys can actually give technical analysis or more fundamental, Alex, your take. <laughs> Seeing the latest technical analysis on Anheuser-Busch, I, I can't give any comments there. Um, but... Uh, I think the business itself, fundamentally, I think, is, is reasonably well positioned. Mm. They obviously are struggling a little bit in, in the years at the moment, um, you know, due to um, all of the social media problems they had on that side, uh, a bit of a backlash for some of the online customers. Mm. But in our view, you don't think the series is going to be structural, it's going to be more temporary, perhaps but take a bit longer than we'd like to, but it's going to take a while to recover. And the business is well positioned. I mean, its, it's debt is very well structured. It's generating good cash flows, and we think the business will grow, you know, reasonably on an organic basis, on a, on a, you know, over time, medium term, assuming let's call it five to ten years. That, that we're relatively well positioned up here. But similar to, to tobacco, I mean, at some stage, society may also change their views on, on drinking as well. Mm. In a moment, it's still acceptable to enjoy alcohol, and so so a longer term perspective, you know, uh, be more problematic also for businesses like Anasubush. Mm.
Mm. I mean, though, I must say, though, they, they are kind of um, accommodating the, the kind of ch changing consumer trends as well. They're kind of diversifying away from the traditional um, drinks that we know to the ones that also Gen Z's like, like the seltzers and stuff. Um, yeah, sadly, see what your your what do you make of of uh, AB and Bev? I mean, I think obviously the recent problems notwithstanding, they've got a good um, footprint. I mean, outside of I mean, obviously US is a big part of the business, but they've got a good footprint out of outside of US. You know, uh, South Africa is a big one. You know, Latin as well, a bit of Asia. So there's a good spread, good diversification, and I think the volumes are going to start uh, picking up again. I think. And uh, obviously, I mean, uh, I guess, you know, pricing might be a, a, a bit of an issue with kind of the inflation that we're seeing at the moment with the commodity price inflation. But I think that's a short term problem. So in the longer term, again, you know, I think things will, will, will come back and, and normalize. Um, you know, with regards to kind of demand maybe waning in, in the future, I mean, they are doing new things. I mean, personally, I'm not a non-alcoholic beer fan. I'd rather drink a soda i guess if that's the case but uh those things are kind of garnering demand i see more and more people do like those things so those are new innovations that might also help at the margin so i think yeah. they, they, there's a there's a good story there um quite big news that came out uh, after four o'clock today uh with fortress announcing a proposal on um how they uh plan to collapse that dual share structure that was um preventing them from uh declaring a dividend and obviously they lost their read status uh, because of that panel view on the fortress announcement on the collapse of the a and b share structure i do believe there's some sort of swap um, that's happening uh, with the B shares and Nepi Rockcastle. Alex, please unpack that for us. Yeah, unfortunately, I can't. I mean, I haven't <laughs> gone through it in detail. Yeah. So, um, yeah, okay. so, I, so I can't give comments on it, but I, yeah. I guess it's not unexpected. Yeah. But yeah, perhaps. Yeah. yeah so, sorry about that. Uh, no, it's okay. It came out very late. Uh, Sadly, so do you have insights on that? Yeah, I mean, high level, um, <clears throat> obviously there was this deadlock between the A and B shareholders, you know, not enough income filtering through to the Bs, so the Bs were kind of mooted as kind of being potentially worthless. Um, I think this was a, a nice workaround that they kind of thought of swapping the Bs for Nepi Rock shares. Um, uh, obviously the jury is still out to, to see if the guys uh, will vote the deal through. Uh, I mean, by all indications, I suppose the bees would, would want the deal to go through because they get some value. Um, you know, the remaining piece is, uh, is uh, <clears throat> you know, business which is still trading at a meaningful discount to the NAV, but there is still quite a bit of uh, debt in the in the in the kind of remaining piece which the the bees will have. So I, I don't know what that means for the dividend and everything else going forward. But it is still, uh, I guess, a, a bit of a fluid situation. Yeah, all right. Well, hopefully uh, it will go through so that uh, Fortress can go back to business as usual. Uh, another announcement that came out was from Life Healthcare Today, finally announcing the sale of its AMG business, which was the main reason for the group's poor performance in recent years, in my opinion. Uh, can I have the panel's view on the transaction value and, more importantly, how Life um, Life's SA Hospital's business uh, compares to Net? Cares uh, now that they will be very similar companies. Let's actually start off with that sale of AMG. Of course, there was a rumor going around last week already, and we did see the reaction of the share price. So it's uh, not surprising that uh, today's share price movement wasn't that pronounced. Uh, Alex, 
finally they they are getting through with the business of that sale what do you think of the business look i mean it's it's been in the news for quite some time and obviously in the share price as well so yeah i mean the invitation was anything between let's call it 700 million pounds to about 1.1 billion so again 900 million um so i think it's perhaps slightly less than some people were anticipating okay um so that's why perhaps the muted response to that I certainly think it's it's a good move to do so because this business has not been a great acquisition for Life Healthcare. I mean, if you look at the return metrics in the business, has deteriorated a lot. This business was also very capital intensive, had high depreciation charges, and as a result, you know, not perhaps not the free cash flow you usually uh, expect to earn in, in a Life Healthcare. So I think selling that asset makes makes sense for them. Uh, obviously, there's going to be a special dividend, which is going to be quite nice mm. for investors. Um, but at least you have to call as a business, right? So a core as a business, you know, it's probably on par with the net care, to be honest. Um, you know, by small dif- differentials in there. But SA health is not growing. Um, you know, so it hasn't been growing for many, many years. I mean, if you look at the uh, health care, uh, medical aid numbers, mm. I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't really grow other than GEMS doesn't really grow. So and so you need South African middle class and to really grow and that hasn't happened in call it since two thousand and thirteen because our GDP per capita has been coming down. So I'm, I'm quite concerned about healthcare longer term in SA. Um, also we've got NHR as well, which I think is gonna be very problematic. We also not training nearly enough doctor specialists as well as nurses. Um, so all of these issues I think makes our healthcare perhaps not as enticing of the longer term. But for the shorter term life healthcare could move at all Reduce complexity in a business, and I think um, you know, finally get some uh, return back to shareholders, and hopefully the business being more focused, it will actually be a bit better, more operationally efficient. Yeah, very interesting. Also, that you mentioned those kind of macro uh, headwinds. Um, that are affecting the uh, healthcare space at this point, but AMG is out now of life healthcare, similar to Netcare. Um, suddenly, see where. Yeah, would you be going for any of these counters? Do you think still think that there's maybe? Do you think that there's one that's got an advantage over the other now that they kind of similar now? Yeah, I think I agree that they they are quite similar, both uh, obviously being exposed to the SA macro. So I don't think I have a necessarily different uh, view on that. Perhaps the only thing to add would be that you know the the <clears throat> medical aids now are also putting a squeeze on on pricing. You know with the network deals and everything else so it's an additional pressure point uh for these guys to contend with um and i think you know coming out of covid there was ex- expectation that there's going to be a return to kind of more elective surgeries which come at a higher margin and occupancies will improve and i think you're slowly seeing the occupancies improve but not as fast as what we would like so obviously you can tell that the consumer is under pressure so at some point there might be a case we made that things normalize perhaps i don't know reform helps so obviously the reform in, in the health sector is not the greatest not the most popular but um there might be a case to be made in the future that these guys might uh, kind of normalize in terms of any but they, they are facing a lot of pressure so it's not a sector that is very clear cut in terms of what you want to do with it very very um yeah very much under pressure
Yeah, we'll talk about another sector that's under pressure is the PGM uh, sector. There are actually three questions uh, on the PGMs. So first one, uh, please give us feedback on the platinum stocks. I see platinum price has come off a bit. Will you be buying implants at these levels? Uh, there's also another one, um, on Anglo implants and Amplats. Uh, asked the panel, is this a very good opportunity to buy into these two stocks? They have been beaten up. Um, I have a view for two years at least. And then there's also one uh, specifically on implants. I bought implants at 90 Rand, thinking it was cheap uh, yesterday. And today it's down another 10%. What's happening with platinum stocks? Should I just cut my losses and hide? Uh, would this be the time to cut your losses, um, uh, uh, Alex? Or... Should you be holding on? Look, I mean, I am cautious about a PGM sector. Um, you know, so within PGMs, of course, you go platinum, palladium, and rhodium, which are three main one PGMs. Um, within those, I think probably platinum, you, know, you can make an argument that the platinum will probably pick up over time, but certainly palladium, uh, you know, issue with rhodium as well. So I, I really don't know. Um, mm. So for me, I would rather say what, if the investor is, is uh, positive on, on PGMs, then companies like Impala will probably be a good one to buy because it's got a high beta, very highly geared to a higher uh, platinum rand price. But if we are going to be in a bear market, the price is going to remain low for longer. Something like an Amplas will probably be a more defensive, but will still struggle. I mean, the evaluation of these companies are very, very cyclical. I remember... Um, 2017 or so, I bought Impala pretty much at a valuation of $1 billion, you know, at that stage. Mm. Um, obviously, went up our 10 bag, uh, if not more. It can pull back in 90% for most bases. That is the problem with these stocks. The single commodity and things can go really wrong. And in the case of Impala, they made big acquisitions in Canada as well as uh, now with uh, Royal Buffer King. So their balance sheet will eventually go from net cash to net debt position, which will further put pressure on the rates of the stock. And some of those mines are already marginal as it is. So, it is very, very difficult. It, so it depends on your view on PGMs. Um, but for me in a moment, I, I'm probably going to see lower for longer. And as a result, I'll probably not want to buy any PGM. Yeah. Uh, but if I have to buy one, I'll buy uh, Amplats because it's a bit more defense. Amplats. Uh, okay. It's quite interesting because I think just last month, as much as nobody can really call the bottom, it seemed that the share price movements were suggesting that um, those stocks had found a bottom, but clearly not. And of course, you're now getting uh, a number of CEOs saying that there might be job cuts in the sector because the situation is uh, yeah, going to be the situation for uh, quite a while. Uh, Sanli Siwe. Implats or Amplats or neither? Um, I think Amplats, I mean, in, in those kind of four main kind of PGM players, um, obviously they all track the PGM basket price, as Alexis said. And out of those four players, I think um, Amplats and Northern are the only ones who are still cash flow positive. I think Sibanya and, and uh, Implats. Implats is marginal, I think Sibanya is cash flow negative uh, at these mm. kind of uh, PGM prices. So that's probably a big reason why the shares have come off. And the outlook for the PGMs, uh, the, the commodities themselves, is quite negative. Um, you know, electric vehicles uh, and, and all sorts are coming into the market and eating the share and, and potentially the demand for, um, you know, the PGM metals in, in order caps is, is, is coming off. So the outlook is, is quite murky. So I think it's best to hide in safety. Amplets and all of them are probably your best um, opportunities to hide in the safer bets. Ah, all right. Well, let's get to your stock picks for today. Gents, where are you hiding? Uh, Alex.
Yeah, so nothing exciting, but uh, again, for a growth point, I think the listed property space, there's lots of opportunities there at the moment. Uh, now, Paolo has got a, a few of them in the past, you know, stocks like Attack and the Pula, for example. But on growth point, I mean, the stock is down about 50% year to date, which is a big move for a low beta property stock. Um, also, it's trading about a half book value. Uh, we think the valuations is, is relatively conservative, doesn't really necessarily have a big debt issue. And also, if you strip out this African component, because they've got big investments in Australia as well as uh, in Europe and in UK, it really shows that the SA component is trading quite well. And also, the global components valuations are not that expensive, right? So, overall, I think some of the business is not actually that expensive. And we're starting to see some improvements in office space. I mean, for example, the, we're seeing some improvements over the last seven years in office space. So, I think perhaps the bottom is, is closer than people think. Next year, they are actually guiding, of course, for disposable income to go down. That will probably be the low point in our view. So if you start accumulating now and now some patience, we think it will probably be a decent return over the medium term. Yeah, all right. Uh, on your side, Asan, let's see your stock pick for today. Um, yeah, um, clearly uh, great minds pick alike here with property because uh, my pick is attack. And um, I think, you know, few pots of catalysts for attack. I mean, they are obviously operating in the waterfall region. That precinct has is, is got good demand, both residential, office and uh, industrial. They've also done this recent deal with the GPF where uh, they're buying a portion of their um, waterfall assets. And that uh, is what obviously going to be a nice piece of cash flow uh, into the business, which they will use to de-gear the balance sheet. And I mean, I think uh, they're trading at a sort of pretty much 50% discount to their net asset value. So there's a good margin of safety in there. So I think there's a good growth opportunity in that precinct and it's offering you a good valuation. And so I think that's a, it's, a, it's still a good opportunity. Ah, all right. Well, thank you so much for your time and for your analysis today, gents. Really appreciate it. That's all for Stockwatch this evening. Thanks to our guests, Alex Days from Umtombo Wealth and San Lisiwa Dofila from All Weather Capital. Up next, the close. Stay with us. <laughs>